Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. Second Timothy chapter 4. Second Timothy chapter 4, again reading in verse <clears throat> number 1. It's Paul talking to Timothy, and this is what he says in verse number 1. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Kind of want to put emphasis back on the middle portion of our reading. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For there's going to be a time coming when they will not endure sound doctrine. And I just want to talk to you just for the next little bit from that title, Sound Doctrine. I want to take you to another, another portion of Scripture, another place in the Word of God. In, in order to provide an, an example for us to look at this morning, an example of an individual and a, and a case where Sound doctrine was very difficult for this man to understand. Very difficult for him to wrap his heart around it or even his mind. And, and he ended up asking some very pertinent questions. And he ended up setting an example for us, perhaps on exactly what not to do. John chapter 18 Verse number 33, the Bible gives us this account of Pilate. The Bible says, Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? And Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? 
Jesus answered, and he said, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. And Pilate said unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews, and he saith unto them, I find no fault in him at all. Jesus stood before Pilate, and and Pilate studied him. He examined him. He looked him over. He he listened to his words. He, he, He watched his actions, and he came away with this conclusion. This man is innocent. I want to submit to you this morning that that is the basis of sound doctrine. It is the innocence of Jesus Christ. Jesus is an innocent man, unfairly and excessively crucified. Yes, I get it. It was a fulfillment of prophecy. Yes, there are scriptures that pointed to the day in which it would take place that described him being sold out, that described him being smitten and afflicted, described him being wounded and bruised. But I want you to know that it would be pain and torment upon the person who would in fact commit those acts against Jesus. It wasn't God's will that somebody engage in this behavior. It simply was just going to happen and have to happen. I mean, just this today, there is is a prophecy that talks about a great falling away, as well as prophecies that describe a great revival, you and I get to decide which prophecy we're going to fulfill. I choose to be a part of the great revival. I don't want to be a part of the great falling away. I don't want to turn away. I don't want to fade. I don't want to turn back. So Pilate is standing in some very critical times of history, and these prophecies point to a time in history that is to come, that that will involve the murder of an innocent man. And Pilate, he needs to be as far away from that as he possibly can be because engaging in this behavior is going to cause him great distress. Not to mention the injustice of it all, but he, of course, is the man who basically gave authorization for Jesus to be crucified. Judas is the man that we read about that sold Jesus into the hands of the priests. And both Judas and Pilate have something in common. 
History tells us that Pilate committed suicide. Scripture tells us that Judas committed suicide. Both men lived with the agony and guilt of condemnation over what they had done to the innocent Christ. It was something that neither one could get over. And I want to just say here for just a moment, if you understand sound doctrine, then you should understand that it doesn't matter what happened in your life. Jesus is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. That's sound doctrine. It doesn't matter what you did. Our God is faithful and just. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive. That is sound doctrine, and it is based and rooted in the innocence of Jesus Christ. It is based and rooted in the fact that in him is mercy that endures forever. The Bible says that he is no respecter of persons. He is an innocent man. That's why we call, that's why we called him the Lamb. Anybody ever heard him called the Lamb? Read about it. We sing songs about it. The Lamb. John the Baptist called him the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. Revelation 5 talks about 10,000 times 10,000 will sing, Worthy is the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He is called the Lamb of God because he is innocent like a lamb. There is no impurity in him. There is no violation in him. There is no transgression of God's commandments in him. There is no imperfection in him. He is an innocent, pure person. Everyone else is broken. Everyone else is fractured. Everyone else has issues that disqualifies them from being able to be the perfect lamb, the perfect substitute, the perfect sacrifice who can bring redemption to the lost mankind, but not Jesus. He's different than any other world leader. He's different than any religious leader. He's different than anybody that the world has ever known. He is perfect. He is innocent. There's nobody like him. And Pilate declared, I find no fault in him at all. This is the basis of our salvation. This is the basis of our hope that he is an innocent man, that he was crucified and the blood that he shed on that cross was innocent blood. It was pure blood. And it has the power to come against the stain of sin that we have imposed upon ourselves. And we give God praise for that. Well, I think we all agree he is worthy. He is worthy of our shout. He is worthy of our hand clap. He is worthy of it all. That is sound up. 
That's why we repent of our sins, because he's an innocent man and because he's worthy. That's why we are baptized into the name of Jesus Christ, and in no other name are we baptized, because he is innocent and he is worthy. That is why our hearts are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost because he is innocent, he is pure, and he fills our lives and replaces all of the garbage that we have allowed to accumulate over time. This is why we live a holy life, that not through our own power, but by the power of the Holy Ghost. We come out from among them and we are separate. We are separate because he is worthy and because he is innocent. Temptation, ladies and gentlemen, loses its draw when you are focused on the innocence of Jesus Christ. When you are focused on that innocence, when you are captivated by the innocent lamb of God, this is the soundness of our doctrine. This is what we are all measured by. Make no mistake about it. This is the standard by which we will all be judged. We will all appear before the Lord Jesus Christ, the judge. We will stand before this perfect, innocent Lamb of God. And our life will be compared to His. And the only way to withstand that judgment that is sure to be so piercing, that is sure to be to, so sure to find us wanting, so sure to find us lacking. The only way to withstand that judgment is to be in him. That's it. That's why we call it the Lamb's Book of Life. So you've got a book of life. And he's got a book of life. The book of life is simply the record that was kept of an individual's life. So there is a Bryce's book of life. There is a Charlie's book of life. And there is a book of life for each of us. We've all got a book that actually includes every word that we have spoken, everything that we have said and done. It's all there. It's all recorded. That's why the book of Proverbs says that it's a, a wise man who watches over his words. So I, Paul told Timothy to watch thou in all things because with every act and with every word it is being recorded in the eternity and there is a book of your life. And serving God Brother Bishop is when you say, I don't want my book anymore, but I want his book. God, is there any way that I can that I can be taken in by the power of your spirit, God? Can you forgive me of my sins? Can you wash me whiter than snow? Can I be buried in the name of the Lamb, filled with your spirit? And he writes your name in his book. Can I tell you, that's going to come in handy on the day of judgment. 
That's going to be vital on the day of judgment because whosoever's name is not written in the Lamb's book of life is going to be cast into the lake of fire. And if you know your Bible, you know who else is in the lake of fire. Ladies and gentlemen, what we are doing is not a game. It's been said multiple times over the past several weeks. What we are doing is not a game. This is not something that we come and and play around with. Every time we open up this Bible and we stand behind the pulpit, we are doing what the Apostle Paul instructed Timothy to do. Preach the word. Give us the word. Preach it. Preach the word. Because the time is coming when they will not endure sound doctrine. So preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and with all doctrine. Paul goes on to talk about, he said, for my time, it's it. My time has come that I will depart. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, Timothy. I have kept the faith. And henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. I have finished my course, not for me only, but to all them that love his appearing. Can I say something to you today? We have watched elders finish their course. We have watched the saints of God come to the time of their departure. Can I tell you that there have been pastors, there have been preachers, there have been teachers and soul winners and and saints who have been preaching the word and singing the word and teaching the word and sharing the word, trying to instill it in our hearts, and they are not here anymore. They are not on this earth anymore. Their presence, we, 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 their presence is missed, and they have left some void. Oh, what a responsibility you and I have to preach the word like it's never been preached before. What a responsibility we have to be more dedicated than we've ever been before. This isn't the time to play games. This isn't the time to this isn't the time to backslide. This isn't the time to turn around. It's time to preach the word. It's time to be instant in season and out of season because there's coming a time when they will not endure it. They will not endure sound. And it's so simple. Sound doctrine is so simple. Because it's it's we gotta understand it's not this big long list of decrees. It's uh it, it, it's actually, you know what it is? It's the life of God manifest in the flesh. Brother Bishop, that's how simple it is. And here's also how simple he will literally put his life in you. That's how simple it is. When he talks about the life, you read your Bible and you hear people preach about that. Anybody ever heard Jesus talk about the life? He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about the life that you're supposed to be living. 
But this is what this is what he's telling you. He's saying, I am the life that you're supposed to be living. So lay your life down. I'll put my life inside of you, and you can have the life live like I live. You can have my innocence. You can have my blamelessness. You can have my purity of thought and my purity of heart. That's actually how simple it is. Jesus said, I came to bring you life, and yet people continue to go back to the thief. Let me tell you how evil the enemy is. And we continually, people continually to go back to his ways. Our enemy that we talk about, he's come for three reasons. Three reasons. I know a lot of people think it's to make them feel good. No, 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 no. Three, to steal, kill, and destroy. I know some thought it was kind of to kind of play into our greatest desires and our greatest aspirations. And there are a lot of people that flirt around with what the enemy puts in front of them. But there are three reasons, ladies and gentlemen, that he came. And those are the only reasons to steal kill and destroy. Jesus says, but I have come. That's sound doctrine. But I have come that you might have life and that more abundantly. I'm preaching to you sound doctrine. That is sound doctrine. It's more sound than the ground you stand upon. What I'm talking about is something that you can live your life on, something you can walk on, something that when the ground begins to shift beneath your feet, you can stand on the word of God. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord today. It's the innocence of Jesus Christ. And the question, the question that's been asked and continues to be asked, and and it's printed everywhere, T-shirts and coffee mugs and all sorts of places, and it's a good question. What would Jesus do? What what would Jesus do? What you are saying when that question is asked is simply saying he is the standard by which all of our actions are judged. What would he do? And if you'll answer that honestly, then you'll know what to do. Every single time. Oh, how far, how far do we drift from him? Off on our own path, our own ideas, off on our own way, lost on the waves of life. Pilate examines Jesus and he says, I I find no fault in him at all. He has come to the revelation of the innocence of Jesus Christ. My friend, when you come to that revelation, you have just heard the pure gospel. Pilate had the pure gospel illustrated to him. And it was in that moment that he should have fallen on his knees and repented of his sins and asked the Lord to remember him in paradise. That's what should have happened. 
But again, Pilate is an example to us. Pilate is an example of what we do so many times. He finds it hard to endure sound doctrine. He finds it hard, difficult to endure sound doctrine. You see, sound doctrine, while it is simple, it does involve sacrifice. And I don't mean here and there. I don't mean, oh, I've got to sacrifice this today and, and, and that tomorrow. No, 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 no. It involves complete and total sacrifice. You lay down your life so that you can take up his but you lay yours down. You lay down your ambition so you can take up his. You lay out down everything about you. You don't hold anything. And there are people that are terrified. And I just simply say, why? Why are we scared of that? When we talk about laying down our life and complete total sacrifice, why are we scared of that? If you're scared of that, I want to help you. Go back to the innocence of Jesus Christ. Why are you scared to lay down your life? Have you not realized yet that controlling your life leads to just utter disaster? And him in control of your life is a wonderful thing? Let me remind you about who we are talking about today when you lay down your life and you take upon his life. You know what we're talking about? We're talking about the one who is wonderful, the one who is counselor. We're talking about the mighty God, the everlasting father. We are talking about the all in all, the great I am, the bread of life, the water of life, the truth and the life. Don't tell me he doesn't know what's best for you. He created you. Lay down your life and let him have complete and total authority in your life. Friend, that's sound doctrine. But people have a hard time enduring people have a heart because we are still in the flesh. We still have this natural body that we are dealing with here. You know what Paul referred to it as? He referred to it as the body of death. It's slowly dying. Your body is slowly dying. So what that tells me is that we have to have a clear understanding that this world that we're in is not our home. I said this world that we are in is not our home. We got to have a clear understanding of that. Paul goes on to tell Timothy that he had a fellow laborer named Demas who had forsaken him, who loved this present world. 
When you feel yourself falling in love with this present world, you've got to go back to the innocence of Jesus Christ because that's what matters and that's where we are going. This world is not our home. This is sound doctrine. You know what sound doctrine is? It's Jesus Christ. Sound doctrine is the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. Sound doctrine is based in his innocence. He was an innocent man. And Pilate knew that. Pilate knew that this is an innocent man standing before me. There's no fault in him at all. And he went back to the Jews and he said to them, his Pilate's conscience was bothering him. Pilate was trying to practice sound doctrine. He was doing his best. He was trying to do it, but he was having a hard time enduring it. You know why? Because it involves sacrifice, and it's sacrifice on every level. Abandoning yourself. And mind you, Pilate received the warning from God. God gave his wife a dream that he was in danger because of what he was about to carry out upon an innocent Christ. And it troubled her and it troubled him. And Pilate kept asking him, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said, some say that I am. I only speak the truth and those who are of the truth hear my Voice and Pilate said, What is truth? When the real question should have been, Who is truth? Who? Who is truth? And Jesus is there as an innocent man. And Pilate understands as he examines him and he realizes, I'm dealing with someone I've never dealt before. I've never been in this situation, man. This is an innocent man. I find no fault. Pilate came to the same revelation that you and I came to when we decided to give our life to Jesus Christ. He came to the same revelation that you came to when you decided that your way wasn't the right way and you needed Jesus in your life. And so Pilate, he begins to engage with sound doctrine. But sound doctrine demands absolute and complete sacrifice. And he goes back to the Jews and he says, I know your custom and I understand that I have authority to release you a prisoner. Please, I'm begging you, let me release unto you the king of the Jews. That's how Pilate referred to him. Pilate didn't refer to him as the alleged king of the Jews the so-called king of the Jews, he referred to him as the king of the Jews. And it wasn't because he was dressed like a king. It wasn't because he looked like a king. He referred to him as the king of the Jews because he found no fault in him at all. 
and he knew that that qualified him as king. It was his purity. It was his innocence. It was his blamelessness that qualified him. And he said, please, let me give you the king of the Jews. And the Jews, the Jews did what we do. We don't want Jesus. We want the thief. We, we don't want that, the innocent one. We want the one that has blame. We want the thief. Give me the thief. Give me the, the murderer. Oh, I know it's going to steal my joy. I, I, I know it's going to steal my peace, but give me Barabbas. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. When they will not be able to stand up against the standard of this innocent man and they'd rather see him dead than see him imparted unto them. When you look at Pilate, he goes back in and and he says, Jesus, tell me who you are. I want to know who you are. Tell me who you are. And they go through these ex exchanges. And finally, Pilate walks out and he says, listen, if you're going to insist upon this man being murdered, I want you to know that I want no part in it. After conversation, it came upon that he was a Galilean. And so he's like, oh, Galilean, let me send you down to Herod. And so he sent him off to Herod. And Herod was excited because he had been wanting to see Jesus do a miracle for a long time. And so Jesus walks in, and I, I, I think Herod's got some, I think he's got some water sitting there saying, turn it into wine or turn this stone into bread. Can you do a miracle for me, Jesus? Can you feed the multitudes with nothing. He wanted to see a miracle of him, and Jesus answered him not a word. He had nothing to do with Herod. And so Herod sends him back, wrapped him up in a king's robe, dressed him up in a costume as though he were a king, mocked him and sent him back to Pilate and says, just whatever. Whatever, whatever you want to do with him. Whatever, whatever you want to do with him at all. And Pilate's like, you're missing the point. I don't want my hands in this. Why? Because I know he's an innocent man. I know there is no fault in him at all. Pilate goes back to the Jews and he sets up a water basin. And in front of all them, he dips his hands in the water and he says, my hands are the blood of this man. I'm washing them. He goes through this big ceremony and wipes the blood of Jesus Christ off his hands as if to say, even though I'm authorizing it, I'm not the one that's driving the nails in his hands. I'm not the one applying the whip. And so I wash my hands of this. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what ceremony you go through. If your heart's not in it, it has no effect on your life. None whatsoever. 
People have gone even beyond just washing their hands in the water basin and jumped totally in. You can try to appease your conscience all you want to, but a violated conscience cannot be appeased and made whole. It must be cleansed and healed by the power of the blood of Christ. going through these ceremonies that mean nothing because his heart is far from it. It goes on and the Bible says that he makes up a sign. Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. And he had it to be read in Latin, Greek, and Hebrew. Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. And the chief priests, they got upset. They're like, don't, don't write it like that. Don't, don't, don't write it like that and make it say, Jesus of Nazareth, who said he was the king of the Jews. But Pilate said, what I have written, I have written. This, again, was another way of him trying to appease his own conscience. In his own mind, he's confessing he, he is the king just in case he is the king. He is the king just in case I'll stand in judgment for this one day. It will be noted that I declared that Jesus of Nazareth is the king of the Jews. This man was trying desperately to find a way of having to try Jesus, but instead of just laying it all down, instead of sacrificing his own political career for the life of Jesus Christ, he chose to go the route that often the world chooses, and that is complete rejection of Jesus Christ. I am preaching to people this morning to remind you that you have an opportunity to embrace the truth, to embrace Jesus. You have an opportunity today to wrap your arms around everything about him, regardless of what comes against you. Don't forsake the Lord. Don't leave him bloodied and beaten in your life, walking away, knowing good and well, he's the only way. God, help us to preach the word. God, help us to be a light in this world. God, help us in every decision to look back unto the innocent one, to the Lamb of God, to the one who does all things well. Folks, Jesus is sound doctrine. That's what sound doctrine is. It's Jesus. My question is, how many are willing to lay down their life for that? How many are willing to take up your cross, which I feel has been a theme for the past several weeks of us laying down our life to take up his cross? 
how many are willing as our music comes this morning. I'm also preaching to people who feel like they might be on the verge of just giving up. If you find yourself in a situation today where you feel like you are at wit's end, that you are at that point in your life where you feel like you just can't go any further, where you feel like you have fought and fought and fought and nothing nothing is happening. There is no breakthrough. There is no joy. There is no peace. You can't get to the place that you desperately want to be at. I'm asking you, I'm trying to remind you to remind yourself again of his innocence, that he is pure, that he is blameless, that he is all in all. There is power when you understand the innocence of Jesus Christ. There's power in it. We have a missionary here today, and I'm so looking forward to the second half of today's service. I'm so looking forward to hear what's all going on in the country where the, the territory that he has, God has placed him. And we have heard, we have had missionaries come through and we've heard the stories that they've told. We've heard the news that they've shared, the exciting news and the frightening news. My mind goes back to so many different stories that of hearing about different missionaries who continue down the path of giving their all for Jesus, even though in some countries their lives are literally in danger for being a spirit-filled believer. I don't think any one of us came here today fearful that we would lose our lives because we were spirit-filled believers. I don't think anybody woke up this morning and was frightened at the thought of attending Landmark Apostolic Church. Frightened because you just don't know what might happen, who might walk in, we might be arrested. I don't think any one of us thought that. But there are those who have woken up this morning put on their shoes, put on their church clothes and decided we're going to walk to the house of the Lord knowing they might lose their life on the way to the house of God. And yet they continue walking down that path. They continue walking down that path of giving their all for Jesus. Folks, when you understand the innocence of Jesus, when you keep coming back to who he was, listen to me, every trial you face, every time you feel like giving up, every time you feel like throwing up in the towel, you go back to him. And every time you go back to him, you will lose your justification for wanting to give up. You will lose it. 
you will lose it every single time. Every time you want to throw in the towel and say, I can't do this anymore. I can't live this anymore. I believe the Spirit of the Lord will take you back to Him, to Him draped in a mocking costume with a crown of thorns that shoved on his head and in his brow and blood dripping down his face and him standing there saying, is that what you say or is that what they say about me? Take you back to a place where he's standing there saying, I speak the truth. And everyone who is of the truth hear you, they hear my voice. I don't know about you, but that should bring you all the way back to the soundness of this doctrine and remind you that you can make it. You can endure. You can go all the way. You can get through what you're going through. I can do that because he did that. I can make it because He made it. I can endure because He endured. And guess what? He empowers each and every one of you to do exactly that. To where you get to the place, I can't give up. I've gone too far. I've seen too much. I've heard too much. I've met Him face to face. And I'm filled with His Spirit. And He's in me and I'm in Him. As you stand with me today, I I ask you, is there anybody willing to say, Lord, you are so pure and so holy and so worthy of every breath. You are worthy of it all. Come on, if you are standing on sound doctrine with me today, would you lift up your hands, raise your voice in this place and just say, Lord, I give you all. I understand. I see you. You are the way, the truth, and the life. I lay down my life, Lord, so that I can pick up your life, Lord. I lift up my voice and say along with 10,000 times 10,000 and say, worthy is the Lamb. Come on, just cry worthy in this place right now. Come on, just let him know he's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.